This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. So at one o'clock our time, we hope to hear from the RCMP in Manitoba. They're holding a press conference, a media update on the manhunt that is underway for the two suspects in the killing of three people in northern BC. Two of the victims we have heard about, that is Lucas Fowler, who's from Australia, and China Deese, who is American. But the third victim has remained unidentified. This is the person whose body was found about two kilometers away from the burned out vehicle that is believed to have belonged uh, to the two suspects in this case. Well, Global News reporter Sarah McDonald is reporting right now that sources have told uh, Global BC that investigators have tentatively identified the third deceased victim. Uh, and with that information will be forthcoming. Investigators now working to notify next of kin and confirm that identity. Uh, so there will be more to come on that. We know right now there is a manhunt going on. And that is why we're going to be talking about Manitoba coming up uh, in our one o'clock hour. But what's involved in all this? How do you get police forces to uh, coordinate so quickly in a situation like this? We thought we'd turn to somebody who knows all too well what these kinds of situations are are like. Joining us now is Jim Sessford, the former former chief of Delta Police. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks for having me on. Have you been following along on this story? I have been, yes. yes. What do you think of when you hear this? Like, what happens behind the scenes? What gets ramped up? Well, it's it's a major investigation. It's very thorough, very complex. And, and I think that the number one thing for the police is you know, they've got all these crime scenes to investigate and and leads to follow up. But we have two suspects who are obviously armed and dangerous. And the, the police will no doubt be very concerned about public safety right now. And it's hard to, to, it's hard to predict what these two suspects might do to um, evade the police. Yeah, are some cases just higher pressure than other ones? Like this one just seems like you've got the entire country waiting to see what happens. Well, you know, Simi, anytime there's it's something like this homicide investigation and there's people involved and there's victims, you know, it's hard on the police. It's very stressful. And, you know, they, they try to do whatever they can to, uh, to solve the situation, particularly when, of course, the suspects are at large. So, uh, but this is, this is a, you know, the province to province investigation. It's starting to go east now. And so it's really hard to predict what they're doing and, and where the suspects are going. And, and so it makes it very, very much more stressful, I guess, would be the word. Right. And I guess, is it hard to also manage a kind of public concern here, too? Because as we've been hearing, uh, clearly people in small towns on the prairies are worried about this. And they think that they've spotted this, you know, this pair. They think they spotted them in Yorkton. It wasn't them. Uh, so there's obviously a lot of public concern out there as well. Oh, for sure. No question. And so it's really, really important that the police communicate. And, you know, it's a really, it's a, it's a double-edged sword here for the police. And that if they give too much information now, they'll yeah. be criticized down the road uh, when the matters go to court uh, because they, they made statements uh, uh, while, they, while the matter was still being investigated. On the other hand, it's really important to get as much information out to the public as they can. We've got to keep the public safe, and that's that's, safe. that's got to be a priority. And so we've got to let them know everything that that, uh, that we can uh, to keep them informed and to 
make sure they're ever vigilant and and they're uh, taking every precaution for themselves. Does the international influence here, uh, Jim, do you think change anything? I mean, you've got these were tourists who were killed. It's very high profile. Do you think that puts added pressure? Well, I think it will because it puts another angle to the investigation. And so you're dealing with police in other countries, the United States, Australia. So there's, you know, it just puts more and more pressure and there's more questions um, that'll be asked and more questions that need to be answered by the police here. So the investigative team will be very, very busy right now. And, and Simi, we have... We, we train and train and train for these yeah. types of situations. So they, they, they'll implement a major case management uh, model, and they'll have all kinds of, all people assigned to various aspects of the investigation. And, um, and one of the big pieces right now will be the tactical team and the search team that are looking for these suspects. What is communication like between police forces across the country, whether they're RCMP or a, a city or municipal police force? What's that communication like? It's outstanding. It's outstanding. And I know any time I've had an investigation, either with Edmonton or with, with Delta, uh, we had police forces from across Canada calling and saying, what can we do? How can we help? Uh, do you need people? Whatever it was. And, and it is, so the communication is outstanding. And there's no question in my mind that police from one end of this country to the other are well aware of what's going on and they're following the movements of uh, at least the best information they've got relative to these two suspects. And, and you can bet that the, our United States counterparts are very interested too in what's going on because there's nothing to prevent these prevent these people from going across the border as well. That's so. I, I was wondering about that because I thought, well, they wouldn't try to cross the border, right? Because, I mean, come on, their picture must be all over the place. But uh, is it still possible that they could try to do that, do you think? So I would think that they're, they're trying to evade the police. They're looking for ways to, to get away, obviously, and perhaps getting into the United States might prevent the, provide them the cover they, they need to, to make their getaway. So I think anything is possible with these people. And, you know, Sammy, the one thing I need to say is what, what that really concerns me is it would appear from what I can see that they've perhaps tried to take the vehicle of, of um, perhaps one of the victims. And my concern would be that they stop somebody on the highway yeah. somewhere or they go into a house in some community and they... Um, you know, they, they uh, commit another crime and that they steal like another Like desperation, vehicle. right? If they know they're the subject of this manhunt. Exactly. And there's no question, I'm sure, that they they know they're subjects of a, of a, of a manhunt and they'll be doing whatever they can to evade the police, and which makes it extremely dangerous right now. Certainly sounds like it. Uh, Jim, thanks so much for your time. No problem, Simi. Thanks. And uh, to the police departments that are working out there, uh, you know, I'd, I wish them every success in resolving this safely. Oh, we certainly do. Thank you for that. Bye-bye. That's Jim Sessford, our former chief, former chief of Delta Police, weighing in on this.